to Alphabet Fly and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.C. Cooper, and with me today is the wonderful... Laura Corsi. Hi! <laughs> so, um, today we're going to be talking about someone who is decidedly less evil than, than Professor X, but is still evil. Psycho Man! Psycho Man? Yeah, well, who, who's Psycho Man? I, I don't know, but the name seems descriptive. Yeah, well, so if you were to create a Psycho Man, what would you create? Uh, he'd probably have, like, bulging eyes, some sort of mask, uh, he's got a knife, he's wearing a t- trench coat, and uh, he jumps out of an alley and stabs you. That's That's just what jumps to mind when I hear you say Psycho Man, so... Well, um, I'm gonna send you a picture. Well, actually, what what uh powers do you think a psycho man would have? I guess we're talking powers. Probably something psychic. Yeah, you actually got that. Not what I was expecting. He's got a green and silver suit with like a yellow gold face, and he's holding something that's labeled "Fear, Doubt, Hate." You want to guess what that? Do you want to guess what that does? Are they like gases that make you afraid and stuff? More like like light beams that makes you afraid or doubt or light hate, but beams. you know, close to it. Okay. To it. So and the tubes all over his suit are uh, aesthetic, probably. Okay. <laughs> he, uh, his real name is unrevealed. He is the chief scientist. Of Tran, the Conqueror. Tran the Conqueror. I thought it was Krang the Conqueror. Tran the Conqueror. Okay, a lot of Conquerors, apparently. Yeah, lots of them. He is a citizen of Tran, and um, of the Subatomica universe. I mean, system. You want to guess where that is? In the Microverse? Yeah, you got it. Yay! It yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it'd be it'd be different if the name wasn't so odd point that uh, so on the nose that it didn't uh, it almost hit you. Is he a Fantastic Four villain? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, he's a small man that turns big and then sometimes turns other people small. Um, he first showed up in Fantastic Four Annual Five in uh, November. Uh, 1967, Divide and Conquer. Uh, in this particular issue, all the big uh, Fantastic Four people came out. So the Inhumans, the Black Panther, and the Fantastic Four. And uh, guess what else? The Microverse? I mean, well, yeah, that it does come up. But uh, also, this is whenever uh, this is whenever. Sue is pregnant. Is first shown to be pregnant with uh, Franklin. Ah, pretty important issue. He is known on Earth as the Psycho Man, mm-hmm. and he's the chief tech, a uh, chief scientist of the technocracy that governs the five planets of the Subatomica system, a group of inhabited worlds within the so-called microverse. When the five planets of the Subatomica system became severely overpopulated. Uh, the government decided to uh, find other worlds to colonize. And 
the chief scientists determined that it would be easier to travel extra dimensional worlds rather than outside of the subatomica system within its own dimension. So instead of being like, hey, let's get on this ship and go that way, it was mm-hmm. just like, let's break through the dimensional walls into another planet. Yeah, that seems so much easier. Scrutinizing the Earth with his scanning devices, uh, he chose the perfect target. Since the populace appeared to be defensive, uh, defenseless against his unique weaponry mm-hmm. for influencing emotions. Um, he traveled to Earth, where he called himself Psycho Man, to, and, uh, to ensure his own safety. He did not enlarge himself to the normal size of a human being when he went to Earth. Really? Rather, he b- remained tinier than a human being would be able to see, and operated within uh, a human-sized armored battle suit, which he manipulated by mental control. <laughs> hmm. So. So then the battle suit gets smashed, and he's fine. He walks away, got free. Nice. It's hard to it's hard to punch something the size of a germ. On Earth, he used a portable mine ray device, which could influence people's emotions. Uh, which was large enough for him to manipulate through the um, human size battlesuit. Right. Then he uh, enlisted a bunch of human operatives to help him acquire the components to build a large scale version of his mine ray. Nice. Which which means he could blink at the entire Earth with a with a emotion like fear or mm-hmm. doubt or hate, and the reason why. Uh, the reason why it's because he uh it was like they're too numerous and massive to transport through the dimensional aperture he made to use to get to earth the planes were thwarted by the human torch and the thing and members of the inhumans and the black panther then he vacated his suit and returned to his own dimension i guess if you just get beat up by a bunch of people in a robot suit be like i'm just gonna leave now yeah, I mean, you haven't really lost anything, except a, a suit. suit. And they think that they defeated you. Uh, the Thing, the Human Torch, and Miss, Mr. Fantastic went to the Microverse and battled them there. This is also the era where they're just like, Hey, Sue, you're not a person yet. Just don't exist for a while. Yeah, you're not a person. Yeah, so, yeah, because this was like a... Like, a pretty long time where she was just kind of, her only thing was, I'm pregnant, and that's it. (laughs) Even though you can argue that she's the most powerful member. That's my whole character. I'm eventually going to be replaced with Medusa and Crystal for a little bit. And I'm going to give birth to arguably the most powerful being in the entire Marvel Universe. They battled them in, in, in order to, they had to let him go in order to return back to Earth. That was then being endangered by Galactus. Which he predated Galactus, which is interesting. Uh, later, the Fantastic Four and the Micronauts, who are tiny people who live in the Microverse, who were very important to the Marvel Universe for a while until they became out of canon. Because it was based off of a toy line. Yeah, they lost the license too. Um, and they battled him for a while and then he was uh then he was claimed to be exiled to his world ship uh, at the time 
Then he returned to Earth and unleashed a agent by the name of H.M. Unger, also known as the Hate Monger. Really? Because if you just take out the middle name, it'd just be Hunger. Yeah, that's why you have to have the M there. I see. And uh, this is not the first Hate Monger, which was a clone of Adolf Hitler who was in like a purple clan robes and hood. Uh, this is an android. And this is also part of a incredibly, um, what's the right word? Well-meaning white people trying to make a story about race. Mm. Yes. Where they, where they, uh. Without consulting anyone, of course. Well, of course, of course. And, uh, this was the, the story where, uh, they equated, uh, black people and, well, non-white people and, like, Jewish people being mad at white people as a bad thing. Just as bad. Like, there wasn't a, uh, history of white supremacy ever since white people existed. They're basically the same thing, of course. Yeah, they're the same thing. Because, mm. like, because if you're angry, that means it's bad. Automatically. And you're wrong. So well, you should just be okay with it. And not be angry. <laughs> Let's just say it's uh, it's hard to read nowadays. Some things don't age well. Yeah, and uh, like he did this through like making like speeches and doing the mind ray stuff. And then uh, this is when... Uh, this is actually the story where Sue Storm becomes a character. And it took the hate, uh, the hate monger and the psycho man being like, "Hey, you actually hate <laughs> Mister Fantastic," and uh, she became malice and just like wiped the floor with him all over the place until Reed mansplained that she loved him, and then you know fixed the day because you know why? Don't Reed should just explain away everything because he's the smartest man in the world. Yeah. Um. Then after that, he uh. He fled to his dimension, where Mr. Fantastic pursued him, and uh, he conquered a, a tiny kingdom ruled by one of the Fantastic Four's tiny friends, mm -hmm. the Invisible Woman. This is when she became the Invisible Woman instead of the Invisible Girl. Finally. Yeah. After having a child for several years, yeah. like over a decade, she gained the right to be called a woman. But, you know, up until then, she was still a girl. Yes. Maybe she was in denial about her age. Also, another incredibly creepy thing, apparently, uh, uh, this was also retconned, but um, Mr. Fantastic wa is extreme was extremely older than uh, Sue Storm, and apparently, whenever he was a professor, uh, and Sue Storm was in his class, she lusted after him, and he kind of just was just like, Cool. I'll start dating this child who's way younger than me. Yeah, that's not weird at all. As as uh as community, I think is a is a very good quote. Uh men are monsters who crave young flesh. Thing that applies to a lot of people in the sixties and seventies and eighties, apparently. Blaming the gross writers who were in charge at that time. Yeah, I'm gonna blame that as well. Uh and then like 
but uh, the invisible woman, not the invisible girl, uh, took the took the device. Was just like, I'm going to use this on you. And then she started becoming. Then she like you know defeated him. And all is well. We don't know what's happened happening with uh, Psycho Man at this point in time. We're done with this history. That's. I mean, yep. like. That is terrifying to think that just like, oh, what's that bright light? Oh, I'm extremely angry now. Like, maybe not terrifying, but that's like, ooh, creepy. Yeah. Well, do you want to guess what his age, height, eyes, and hairs are? Sure. His height is microscopic. Uh, his age, I'm going to say 40s or in like 500. I don't know. Could be either way. Um, and his, I have no idea about his eyes and hair, uh, brown and blue, because that seems to be. Here, here's, here's it in, in order, indeterminate, indeterminate, unrevealed, unrevealed. So I could be right. We just. <laughs> the thing, the thing that always, uh, gets me is whenever you have, um, someone's name being unrevealed. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, does he not have parents? Or friends? Like we talked about with Professor X, most people start out with parents, and then by the time they're somewhere around an adult, they die, right? So. Yeah. Well, most of the time. That's how it should happen most of the time, anyway. Yeah, let's let's talk about his things. So, his strength level is unrevealed. He makes things that makes him superhumanly strong. Okay. So it's technology, not... Yeah. Also, um, his physical characteristics are unknown because he's only been seen in a full suit of body armor. Hmm. Um, The characteristics of his race, besides basic humanoid uh, like configuration, is also unknown because none of them have been observed either. So... Yeah, yeah. So he could be like a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Actually, no. There, that isn't that isn't a humanoid. Actually, wait. Is it humanoid? Um. You know? Well, it has one eye and one horn and wings. So I would argue that that makes it non-humanoid. But like, you can have like angels are humanoid. I don't um, think the number of eyes. There's a certain se- there's a certain amount that it can deviate from a standard human body plan before it's non-humanoid and i think i horn cyclops horn and wings is too far from from human i think he might be being humanist but like in the racist way <laughs> um <laughs> but i'm not sure um he has no superhuman powers he uh he possesses great intelligence and scientific knowledge and is a mathematical genius it's presumed that he he's smarter than the rest of his race, and he's been able to you know make a bunch of weapons and stuff. So he's like the smartest a, person in the microverse. Probably. Um, he's also a person who has a box that just says fear, doubt, and hate. So I'm gonna assume he's not like a gifted gifted in the design department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, looking at his suit, like, design is not his strong point. 
Like, first off, like, don't have, like, metal piping. Why like, is that? For no reason. And, like, his boots also have metal piping around it. Like, it doesn't look like he's wearing... It looks like he's wearing a onesie, and he just put, like, some metal piping over it to make it look like he was wearing some boots. To me, it looks like one of those old diving suits, uh, where, like, the piping is, like, the air tubes, you know? But it's only going to his legs and crotch area? I guess. Maybe he needs an airy crotch. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not against that, but at the same time, like, you know. I need a breeze between my toes. <laughs> uh, so, his principal weapon is a portable emotion stimulator. That would be the fear, doubt, hate box? Yep. It's equipped to trigger three major emotional states. Fear, da- doubt, and hate. And you know it's the standards. Of, yeah, the standards. So, and basically, what it does is it like intensifies the the fear, doubt, and hate people, makes them do things that they don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, like the fear ray would cause someone to like hallucinate that something only that they can perceive. Like the hate would probably be like I don't know, showing someone kicking a puppy that make me hate a person. That guy's a Nazi. Yeah, that's something that I hate immediately. So he has like another, he has non-portable emotion generating, uh, I mean, inducing weaponry. Um, that's the big version that he has henchmen to help me? Yep. Um, he can only really use, I mean, the only thing that really blocks it is, first off, if you're strong-willed, because... You know, nothing says nothing says that you're a hero if, uh, like you having a strong will. Uh, a metallic ore found on the inter- other dimensional planet where Queen Perla rules her kingdom creates like a counter frequency. Um, he also has a number of full body suits, which been modified to give him powers and capabilities. He's worn these suits on both the microver in the microverse and the Earth. Which are far bigger than himself. He controls it through his mind. Um, he also has something called a world chip containing all the te- technological resources he can carry, uh, can carry it to carry out his projects. Hmm. He has like a self-contained environment, so he can travel through outer space. Yeah. But it's too large to traverse interdimensional barrier between the microverse and the Earth. Makes sense. Yeah. As much as anything makes sense. Yeah, and his and it's he lives in the microverse, so it's a subatomic 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 realm where only people who shrink real low can get to. I imagine it'd be very hard to find stuff in the microverse because yeah, it exists between atoms, basically. I don't know enough about the microverse to. All I know is that, like, there was, like, they do, they pull it out occasionally as a thing. Like, the microverse was where, uh, was where the Hulk was sent to at one point, and fell, and he fell in love with a, with a green princess. Is, um, isn't it in the new anime movie that the old wasp is stuck in the, the microverse or something? It's caught in the quantum realm. I'm not sure if she... Was in the microverse per se, but, she but they is subatomic. 
I think a really cool direction for the third Ant Man movie. Mm-hmm. Once they once they get that done, because they definitely need to be doing more, because they are definitely one of my some of my more favorite Marvel movies. Really? Yeah, I like them a lot. Like they're not as like they're they're like they're fun. They're fun and breezy in a way that the other ones don't really obtain. And I think you kind of need that, and especially after like the major major events where. And also, I just love Paul Rudd. He's a, he's a cutie. Evangeline Lilly is also like really great. Has a wonderful smile. And I think I think uh, Michael Douglas pay, plays Hank Pym with the right amount of I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty good. So yep. Uh, yep. We're done talking about Psycho Man. Cool. No. Oh wait. No, the thing I was gonna say. Um, I think that if they did like a microverse story, mm-hmm. like heck, they can even do like a good old team up thing mm-hmm. with someone like Ant Man, and like bring someone else with him on accident to the microverse. Mm-hmm. Like I'd almost like it if it was like an Ant Man the Hulk story. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be, like, pretty fun. You get, like, Mark Ruffalo and Paul Rudd in the same room together, and they could just be adorable and, and stammering at each other. It'd be pretty cool. And also, you can have, like, the whole, like, you know, weird world type thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically pitching uh, Ragnarok, but with Ant-Man instead of Thor. Like, all we need to do is just, because I can't just make an outright Hulk movie. Because you just Universal need to put owns the Hulk with other characters in weird situations, and, and and I'm okay with that. Do all your Hulk stories by just being like, "Hey, he's now with it's we're doing the like a microverse story where the Hulk just happens to be with Ant Man, and then he can and fall in love can, with the Green Princess, and you can fall yeah, you can fall in love with the Green Princess, and they could have like weird like kind of medieval battles and stuff. It would be so cool. I'm on board. I'm on board, and it'd also be just a fun romp, like Thor Ragnarok, but not with buff dudes, just with, like, a, a buff dude and, like, a, a normal buff dude. Can we get uh, Taika Waititi to direct it as well, because... See, I would be okay with, um, I'd be okay with, uh, Peyton Reed doing it. Is like, he the one doing Ant-Man? Pers- the one doing Ant-Man. I'd be okay with him doing it as well. But yeah, we'd have to somehow bring Michael Pena in it because like he's the treasure as well. I don't know how you do that. Michael Pena but... is the guy. Is his friend? Yeah, Luis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was a great. I like he's him. great. I love him. He's great. I'm t- oh, actually, wait, wait, wait. I have a good. I have a good. Uh, I have a good outro. I mean, a uh, good tease. So we're done talking about this tiny man, but we're going to be talking about another small man next. on Saturday, which is when the episode... Yeah. It's a small man. That's a hint. Alright. Okay. So, which plugs? Uh, I do a show called uh, Pitch Me Something with a friend, uh, my best friend Sean, and Jesse was on it uh, probably a ways back when this episode comes out, but you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, a couple other uh, podcast apps, or on our website, franklyimplausible.com check us out so my I have another podcast called Creepy Critters where I talk about cryptids Uh, Laura was on an episode where we talked about 
uh, merman knights and and sea unicorns. Uh, I have a uh, I have a little cryptid myself called Dexstar, and he has four thumbs, and you can look at pictures of him at Alphabet. No, not at uh, not Alphabet Flight. What am I thinking of? Uh, at Marvelous Mooch, which is my Instagram. Uh, he's very cute. Yeah, he's super. Cat. He's super cute, but he's dude. He does a really annoying thing, where because he knows the best way to get me to wake up is to do like his uh, is to like lay on me and yep. purr real loud. <laughs> but he does another thing where I don't think he's doing it on purpose because I I just need to trim his nails. But he does a thing where he makes like biscuits on my face. Mm. But like his claws are like slightly out, so my face is being scratched slightly. I'm just like, I want to enjoy this, but you're hurting me, son. <laughs> Why? You're, you're lucky. My cat wakes me up uh, usually at like six in the morning by like standing on me with her back paws or sitting directly down on my face. See, I'm lucky in that case, but <laughs> any other time he tries to lay down on me, it's always like five minutes of him standing, and he has like the boniest legs. <laughs> Like, it hurts. So I'm just like, stop. Just lay down already. Or get off, please. But uh, we're not talking about my cat anymore, because we're talking about the places you can look at the pictures of people we're talking about. Um, that is at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and the HodgePod group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm if, at yeah. Zero Possibility. And uh, besides that, um, thank you so much for listening, and may Madcap show you how truly mean life is. Bye! Bye!